Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. Today is part two and the conclusion of a great interview with Carrie Bass. Now, if you missed any of part one, you need to go back and catch up and listen to it. Because his specialty, he, he specializes in helping businesses and ministries staying up with the current times as far as using technology. And Folks, I don't know if you've noticed, technology changes sometimes on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. I mean, it is always being updated. There's always something new coming out. And it's so easy just to get so confused that you just give up on staying up with the times. But that's where Carrie steps in. He can help you see which one you need, what do you need to do to update it, what do you need to do to stay up with the current times in order to maximize your results, whatever those results are you're trying to get. Amen? So let's jump back down into the interview right now, the conclusion of this great interview with Carrie Bass. Yeah, amen. amen. Well, is AI something that business owners, not just industry leaders, but Mom and pop business owners—is this something that they need to embrace or shun? I, uh, you need to to like all tools. You need to be aware of the the uh, dangers of it, but you need to embrace it because it is a force multiplier. Um, uh, you, you know, think about how long it takes to, uh, you, you know, you were talking about earlier about doing some of the routine task of getting ready for a podcast. Imagine if a lot of that stuff was taken care of for you, how much of your time would be freed up to do more of the creative things of of getting guests and being able to to understand and, and reflect on what is it that you're trying to do uh, rather than spending the multiple hours that it takes for you to do rendering and, and editing and all those kind of things. So uh, mom and pop businesses need to be aware of, of that and, and find out how can it help them. And then also uh, look at the value that they bring. Uh, if the value that you bring is something that is, you know, if it's uh, in that area of, of, of uh, uh, opportunity for AI to take over, you need to think about maybe this is a threat for me. I may be in the boogie whip business Maybe it's a good time for me to think about something else. Amen. And I, I was, we've started the adaptation of AI and what we're doing here uh, with the podcast, the training, and things like that. Uh, a good example is our schedule. You, you went through the scheduler to book your interview, right? Mm-hmm. Prior to using that type of system, it was all done manually by me through email. Yes. How does Tuesday the seventeenth at ten work? Well. And then, you know, tomorrow I get an email by, well, 17th won't work. How's the 18th at one? Well, I can't do one, but I could do three. So it takes a whole week exactly. to come to a, a conclusion of when we're going to do an interview with a scheduler here. Here's the link. 
book it when it's convenient for you. And it comes through. I double check my schedule to make sure, okay, we're good. You know, exactly. whole process takes 15 seconds. Exactly. <laughs> you, know? you know, another example is, uh, you know, um, these, these, uh, uh, platforms kind of like what we're on with with Zoom and others mm-hmm. is how often have you had to have someone to take notes uh, mm-hmm. of a meeting or, or being yeah. able to have a transcription of it? Yeah. Uh, the voice recognition software has gotten so, uh, so much better now that uh, it almost used to be that whenever you you did a voice recognition trans uh, transcription, you almost had to spend as much time to uh to go back and correct the transcription than it did to just go ahead and write something for yourself but with ai that capability now is just uh uh right there and it and it makes it available so you can share that information with you know people that need it right away yeah i've seen recently uh someone promoting ai and they said uh if you have you know, a team of customer service representatives, say three or four, that handle the incoming emails, the incoming chat messages, the phone calls, you know, and all that. And that's what those three people do every day, answering the same questions every day, several times a day. <laughs> type thing is that if you integrate it into an AI chat bot, people type in their question, here's the answer. And yes. the machine, now those three people, as you just said, they're free to help. You know, you might have one there to maintain, you know, the phone line or whatever, but the other two can now be moved to a more important position than just answering the phone all day. Exactly. Adding more value with the resources that you have. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So what is something that you caution business leaders to watch out for when adapting AI in their business? The biggest concern with AI overall, uh, and you see it uh, in multiple different areas, is bias. Um, And the way that these AI systems work is that they get trained on data that their creators or they get algorithms that are corrected by people. Those people have biases. And so the, the difficulty is is that once they're automated, now those biases are faster and you know the speed of automation. And so if you have a blind spot, for instance, if you think someone uh, doesn't fit your care your your customer set, uh, and you train the system to not see basically those potential customers, then that is a major danger. Um, the other thing is uh, that you um, uh, those biases may, may uh, not just exclude customers, but it may actually hurt uh, some of your customers or maybe even uh, other people or, or, or people that you're meant to serve. Yeah. Um, there's a, 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 one of the leaders, her name is Dr. Joy Buen Winnie, uh, a brilliant young lady. She uh, uh, was a super geek, if you'd like to call it that. <laughs> Uh, but as a teenager, she was building robots uh, uh, to to be to you know to play. And she was uh, before she went to Georgia Tech, and uh, she built a, 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 a pet, kind of a, a dog, out of a kit that was going to be her virtual pet. And she used off-the-shelf facial recognition software 
to be able to get it. So when the camera saw her that the pet would, you know, you know, show affection and all those kind of things, but she couldn't get it to work. And uh, Dr. Buon Winnie is uh, of African descent and dark skin. And the basic problem was, is those off the shelf facial recognition software could not see people with dark skin. Oh, wow. And so that allowed her then to be able to understand how biases work. And also the other side of that, if you train it such that uh, who is a criminal, so to speak, uh, and if you only say that people with dark skin are criminals, then it assumes that that's a characteristic of of yeah. criminals. And so you have to be careful about those type of things. That's the biggest issue is how do you understand and, and know that bias exists and then be able to uh, uh, work to make sure that it's not causing a detrimental effect. Amen. Amen. That's interesting. Yeah. Praise God. Well, I also want to talk about, as I alluded to in the opening, is the Christian faith in the organizational culture today, is that something that's growing or diminishing in the companies that you've gone in to help? You know, I I find that, uh, unfortunately, um, and, and it's, it's the fault of us believers, that, that we uh, see faith in general as being suspicious. If someone says that they are motivated by a faith perspective, then uh, because of what the 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 appearance and some of the uh, way that faith is being shown to be more against folks than to be for folks, then it becomes suspect. And um, but my perspective is is that I think that people of faith, particularly of the Christian faith, this is our time to really make a difference. Um, Jesus at the, you know, teaching at the Beatitudes uh, was uh, saying, and I was looking it up right before us because that was on my mind, is that uh, we are the salt of the earth. Uh, and so we have the, the capability of providing great blessings. But if we don't keep our salt, if we lose ourselves, then we're not worth anything. And it actually, yeah. that's the kind of the yeah. diminishing characteristic. Um, and the other thing is, is that uh, a lot of times w we feel like then we have to force our faith on, faith on somebody else. I think that that is the biggest uh, detractor because that actually demeans the nature of God's creation. God created all of us with the capability of choice. That's the nature of God. Uh, and that's how we become God as, you know, as recorded in, you know, in John for yeah. those that received him, he gave yeah. the ability to become the children of God. So Amen. it's Amen. our choice, not we're forcing it on somebody else. Yeah. And a lot of people have a hard time with that. You know, they, they, they believe that their job is to go in and get this person born again, something like, no, oh, we're just supposed to share our faith through the way we live, the way we talk, the way we act. And if the conversation comes up, absolutely, you know, bring, pr pr you know, promote it and, and maybe even ask, do, yes. you know, are you a Christian? Type yeah. But, you know, I've had so many people that would just, I, I, I'll be at the grocery store 
know, and, and as we started our conversation today, when you came out, he said, how are you doing? I said, I'm blessed, saved, going to heaven and join the ride along the way. Right. Yeah. yeah. I learned that when I was at Bible school, because we were required to, you know, keep a three by five card, turn it in every week of people we witnessed to, Well, it wasn't my nature to go out and say, Hey, are you a Christian? You know, type right. thing. Right. And I'm standing in a grocery line one day, just contemplating that, you know, look at all these people here. I could talk to anybody here, you know, type thing. And then I noticed every person that walks up to the cashier, as customer moves on, what's the first thing she says? Hi, how are you today? Right. And then, you know, you get some people, you know, oh, my back's been killing me. And the doctor says I got to have surgery. And, you know, and everybody's listening to this old lady tell all about her health problems. Right. Well, suddenly the light bulb went on. Right. And when I got up there, that's what came out. I'm blessed, saved, going to heaven and join a ride along the way. How about you? Yes. Yeah. And when you have another believer operating, the, you know, she's a cashier. She, she'll look up. Her eyes will get big. Say, Ooh, me too. Yeah. Now we're talking about Jesus, right? right? And everybody in line gets to hear all about it. I'm not talking to them, but they get to hear all about two people enjoying a conversation about their Savior. Yeah, and so that's spreading the gospel, yes. right? But if you get the deer in the headlight look, huh? You know you got a live one right there. And guess what? She can't go nowhere. <laughs> so now I'm talking about Jesus, how great he's been, you know, how my life has changed. I'm not hitting her over the head with it, but she can't run away. She's right. got to ring up my groceries. Right, you know? right. And I, that, that was 30 years ago. And I use it today. All my friends, you know, I'll say, hey, Bob, how you doing? And as soon as that comes out, well, they know what's happened because to me, it's an automatic response. Now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, and and uh, you, you can even just do a simple thing like I'm blessed because that sends that sends a, a yeah. signal to somebody that that you're operating in a different realm yeah. uh, and you don't have to do it. But that same uh, parcel, uh, uh, parcel of scripture from Matthew uh, is, is talks about us being a light and it says, let your light shine. So Amen. the things that you do, that that provides an opportunity for witness. When you're called on to handle the tough problems, when things are going bad and you seem to be calm, uh, that is an opportunity when somebody says, why aren't you upset? And you, you can then let your light shine and witness and say that I live beyond this moment. My, more than one time I've gone into a store or something, walk up to the cash register to pay. And, and the lady said, you're a Christian, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I say, yeah. How could you tell? She goes, there's just something about you. Yes. You know? Amen. Yeah. You're living your life. But to go back to that point, you also, know, I remember when I was in the military <clears throat> that, you know, when everything is going wrong around you, you know, and people say, how come you're not upset? The saying was, if, Everything around you is going to hell in a handbasket and everybody's upset, but you're not. It's because you don't have all the information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this case, it's actually the opposite. I have more information. I know Amen. the existence beyond this. Yeah. So <laughs> regardless of this moment, I have Amen. an eternal father. Amen. Amen. Well, do you see the the value of integrity? as something that helps Christian business leaders influence the office culture and those they're working with at their company? I think it's just critical 
to have integrity. Matter of fact, that's the one thing that that I, uh, if there's a number one thing that I tell people and organizations and leaders is to have high integrity. It's better, in my view, to tell people hard things and how it really is than to try to make them feel well. Yeah. There, there was a yeah. Uh, an article, and I think I put it in one of the articles that I wrote, I, I referenced it. Uh, I believe um, that the CEO of Shopify was uh, interviewed and, and he was uh, quoted as saying, telling the employees, you are not family. Uh, and But, you know, so many people say that right off the bat, that, you know, we're one family here. Well, th that's not very true. Uh, and so because when something happens, more often than not, business people are taught that we need to reduce our cost. And the way you reduce cost is you reduce headcount. And so uh, I move these people off and say, well, I'm sorry, uh, you did great things for us. But, uh, you know, for the good of the business, we have to let you go. Well, family, you can't throw away that easy. And so uh, when you say those things, then you set the uh, the view that you're not being honest. And so if you're not being honest up front, then that causes people not to believe that you're uh, capable of being honest about where we're going to go and how I fit into that picture. Hey Amen. It's kind of like uh, at Walmart, they call their employees what, associates or something like that. You know, that's not a family member. Right. An associate can be disassociated. And and you may want to dis dissociate yourself. Yeah. Uh, if the if the organization is not going where you want to go, or is in conflict with your values, mm -hmm. then you may want to disassociate yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, uh, I, uh, it works both ways. If I if I say I'm part of a family, then I can't just walk away from my family either. You know, uh, you may disown them, but what? It, but everybody knows who you are. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be over anger or an issue. It might just be time to move on. Absolutely. I uh, that was one of the things that I learned uh, to uh, do uh, over the many years that I've been a people manager many times was to take care of issues where there's a conflict, where there's a misalignment between an uh, individual and the team or the organization. You want to take care of that early before yeah. you get angry. Because yeah. when you get angry, then it's, it's yeah. difficult uh, and makes it worse. Now's the time to be clear and honest and, and in the spirit of love and, and agape is to say, we are walking in different paths. And yeah. so now's the time for us to, to go in a different path. And how can I help you on the path that you're going to go? Yeah. Amen. You know, when I've, matter of fact, while my last year at Bible school, uh, my first quote unquote ministry job was working with Dr. Bernard Johnson. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you heard him or not. He's known back then as the world's greatest gospel saxophonist, mainly in the church <laughs> of God in Christ circles. But uh, he hired me. I, I, I've set up an event and the company I was working at, the I was company I had, one of my board members was one of his board members. And he was coming into town and, and, and having a meeting and having a concert. So he invited me over there and, and I talked to Dr. Johnson and all that and, and hit it off. So when I got ready to go into the ministry, and like I said, the senior year, uh, I put together an event 
for the ministry, the, the school. Uh, that was one of the things, a senior project was going to be this class. Outreach, and I invited Dr. Johnson to come play. And he was so impressed with everything. He, he ended up hiring me to be what he called his national concert coordinator. And that job was basically, he'd come in and say, Bob, I think, uh, I think we need to go to San Diego, make it happen. Well, everything from that moment until they said, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Bernard Johnson passed through me, mm -hmm. you know, uh, how many people, all the travel arrangements, where the event's going to be at the insurance payments, down payments, uh, who's going to be the guest speaker, who's going to be the guest artist that, you know, the warm up groups, and who's going to be on stage and the platform, all that, all that passed through me, uh, flight arrangements, everything. And we did 48 concerts in one year in 48 different cities. Wow. And uh, I learned so much, you know. So the second year, uh, about halfway through the year, I had an opportunity to move on. And, you know, that was hard because I felt like, oh, man, you know, I'm going to leave Dr. J, you know, type thing. But he sensed it too. He said, Bob, you got an opportunity. You got to take it, mm -hmm. you know, type mm -hmm. thing. And uh, so that helped me, but so everything you just said, that's why I brought that up, that sometimes you have to have that separation. You know, I learned a lot when I moved here to Maryland, uh, we opened a church and, and as a police officer, you know, everything was great. But once I got promoted, had to go a little farther, new responsibility, I knew I could not perform the pastoral functions the way they should be. So we merged our church with, with another friend of mine uh, in his church. And, uh, he was trying to raise money for Haiti. And so I said, well, you know, if you want to hold an event, I can put a hold of, uh, Dr. Johnson. He goes, Dr. John, you mean Bernard Johnson? He goes, yeah. You know, Bernard Johnson. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Look, look, there's contact information right there on my phone. You know? And he says, man, that'd be awesome. I said, hold on. And Dr. Johnson, I was like, Hey, Dr. J. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he came out and did a benefit concert, you know, all that stuff. But, the, the point I'm trying to make is there comes a time when you've matured possibly out of the position you're in yes. to do your own thing. Yes. You, know, you were working for the tech companies and, and the, you know, the big four and all this. And it came time for you to say, you know what, I'm going to go out on my own. And, and they didn't slam the door on you. I hope they didn't say, well, you're going to do that. We never want to see you again. You know, type of thing. They probably said, Hey, go for it. One of the things and you know, and I'm not trying to make an IBM commercial, but um, <laughs> I, IBM uh, was a, a great learning experience. And I went from a field technician all the way through to senior manager with global responsibility. And they paid for my MBA and uh, uh, I did global travel. But I also was was working, you know, in the ministry at that time. And, and that came to be that conflict. And it came time for me to to move. At that time, IBM was just beginning to have uh, reductions in force actions and that sort of things. But at that time, senior managers were not included in those reduction in force uh, work. And so uh, when I finally accepted my calling, I went to my manager and said, you know, I'm going to leave and I'm going to do full-time ministry work. And, you know, we had a conversation and he said, are you sure? And I, I said, yeah, I, I'm ready to, you know, to make this change. And I've learned a lot and this has been really great for me. And he said, fantastic. 
And so he went back to HR and they worked it through HR. They created a uh, early retirement package. I was the only senior manager in IBM at that time that had an early retirement package. They Praise created God. it for me. And so I was able to leave and then use, uh, actually, uh, it was kind of crazy. I, uh, I used my retirement funds to fund the ministry work that we were going to do. So uh, it comes a time. And when God is in that picture, uh, he will grant you favor uh, yeah. based yeah. on, you know, the, your service. And, and, yeah. but that was uh, also, it was like, I, I really enjoyed the work I did and I believe it was allowing me to let my light shine so that they didn't have to separate me. Cause I had to separate a few people from the business yeah. that, you know, they would have stayed, but they weren't capable of uh, finding their success or helping us succeed. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I, you know, you said that I, I, I did the same thing when I left the military at 12 years while well, I lost my eight more years, I could have had a retirement. Mm-hmm. Struggled in business, became a police officer, thinking, okay, I'll be here for 20, 25 years. And and after, you know, 10 years, injury and all that. And then the retirement. Yeah. And I'm praying, you know, you heard the story, what do you want me to do type thing, right? But the Lord showed me and says, you lost your military retirement, but the police department provides a retirement. And in medical retirement, your finances are now taken care of. Now take care of my ministry. You know, so I went into the ministry without worrying about how am I going to pay the bills, right? You know, type right. thing. And so, just like you said, the the retirement funded the ministry. Right now, the ministry is self sufficient. Yes, you know, we don't have millions of dollars in the bank, but you know, we talk about the radio station. We have never missed a budget, a monthly budget, in the radio station. You know, the every the the bills are paid on time every single month. Yep. You know, yep. God's blessed it. Yep. But if I just I'm going into ministry. I'm quitting my job. Okay, well I got you know two thousand dollar a month mortgage and this a car payment and all these bills. I got to have five thousand dollars a month come in just to meet the bills. What am I gonna do? You know type thing. I didn't have to worry about that. Yeah, just like you said, it, that's taken care of. The ministry is the ministry, and now it's self sufficient. I mean, it was self sufficient from day one. Yeah, you know? I, I remember my first. <laughs> My first board of directors meeting, I said, okay, here's the budget for a year. I needed $500 for the ministry. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that, I bet that was, I, I'd love to have been on that board. That would have been fine. Been I think fun. we could do everything for $500, you know, yeah. type thing. Uh, you know, it's not $500 anymore. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Gary, this has been so interesting, man. I enjoyed this conversation. As we get ready to close, I want to ask you, provide our listeners some insight as to what you could potentially bring to their organizations if they would want to reach out to you with an inquiry. Love to be able to help an organization be able to assess where you are and look at where you're going and be able to see how can you align your your resources and your people to be successful in getting to where you're trying to go. And so, uh, and, and one thing I want to encourage folks about is uh, have faith, particularly those of us that are called in faith, to, that success is possible where you're going. Yeah, amen. And if someone wanted to get in touch with you, ask a question, or perhaps do an interview such as this, how can they do that? How can someone get in touch with you? They, uh, the uh, My website is uh, www.makingitreality.com. And uh, the best uh, uh, 
Email is info at makingitreality.com and we'll be able to get back to you. Info at makingitreality.com. That's right. All right. I'll put all that down in the show notes below. Praise the Lord. Fantastic. And folks, technology is here to stay. Yes. What you may have thought as top shelf technology three years ago, <laughs> well, today it's possibly obsolete. You need to adapt to the times to stay competitive with, if not ahead of your competition. Amen. Before the broadcast, I was sharing with, with Carrie, my first, what they call a podcast today, I was recording on a flip cell phone. Remember those? A flip cell phone on a free website because I didn't have a website. Well, that technology no longer even exists today. Amen. You know, but, you know, I encourage you to reach out to Carrie L. Bass and his team. Ask a question. Perhaps this will be the first step to the transformation of your business that you've been praying about, that you wanted to see. But you won't know unless you reach out. Amen. What's the worst thing that can happen? You talk for a few minutes with Carrie Bass and decide this isn't what I want to do at this time. But on the flip side, this could be the one connection you've been praying about. This podcast today could be what God sent your way to give you the open door you've been seeking. And Carrie Bass and his team could be God's answer to your prayers. Amen. But again, you won't know one way or the other unless you take action right now. Click the links below, get in touch with Carrie, and find out one way or the other. I believe you'll be pleasantly surprised. Amen. Sometimes all it takes is an outside perspective looking at the things you're doing that can provide you with the insight you were looking for all along. Drop down the show notes right now. Get in touch with Carrie Bass. And Carrie, thank you again for taking the time to come on the program today. I do appreciate it, brother. Thank you. It's been a blessing. Amen. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. For Carrie L. Bass, myself, is passed by reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.